morning, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Therapy. I'm your host, Rosemary Burns. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Um, so let's get to it. This Monday, oh, I guess I should tell you guys, uh, I have, well, at least right now, I have kind of changed to doing um, the podcast, to recording the podcast every other week. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, and that's just because of personal reasons and being very busy in my practice. And um, I, you know, don't want to leave you guys hanging. So I, I wanted to let you guys know that if I can go back to every week, then I will do so. Um, but the the beginning of the year is always kind of um, just up in the air um, with, with timing and uh, yeah. So the beginning of the year. Yeah. Okay. So hope everybody had a good week. Thankfully, I don't think anything major in current events and stuff happened over this past week. So um, that's good. At least not that's in my, the forefront of my knowledge. So thank, thank, thankful for that. Um, okay. So this today, we are going to talk about cognitive behavior therapy. Um, so cognitive behavior therapy. Those are kind of big words, but not really. Think about it. Cognitive just means thoughts, all about thoughts. And behavioral means behaviors. So um, most of my information that I am sharing with you, I took from the um, American Psychiatric Association, the APA. Um, so where it came from, it was developed by um, Aaron Beck, who is a researcher in the psychology field and uh, in the 60s. And it basically, it was developed as a psychological treatment um, that has been demonstrated to be effective um, for all kinds of different mental health issues, including depression, anxiety, um, alcohol and drug use problems, um, marital problems, eating disorders, and other serious mental illnesses. Um, so it's been here for quite a while. Um, and so when they say that it's been demonstrated to be effective, that means that is evidence-based. That means that they have done all kinds of research to show that it, it does help. It does help it with those issues. So here's some of the core principles to CBT. Um, that is what is called for short CBT. Um, and you may have heard that because lots of people use abbreviations and stuff nowadays. I hate abbreviations. I think I've said that in previous podcasts that get me all confused. Um, not not like CBT, but other things. So um, the CBT is based around several core principles. Basically, that psychological problems are based at least in part on faulty or irrational or unhelpful ways of thinking thoughts there you go um pretty self-explanatory they are also psychological problems are also based in part on learned patterns of behaviors hmm. that makes sense too um and if you are having issues with irrational thought patterns or um unhelpful or dysfunctional behavior problems, then you can learn ways of coping, um, better ways of coping with them by um, basically learning how to change the way you think about things 
and learning how to change your behaviors. So seems kind of self-explanatory. Um, I'm reading my notes and sometimes it's hard to, they're, they're very small, um, in my phone and hopefully my phone won't go to like dark mode while I'm trying to do this. So, um, bear with me, but yes. So essentially that somebody's thoughts are irrational, don't make sense, or, um, you know, are in some way just dysfunctional, dysfunctional way of thinking. And then so do their behaviors become dysfunctional or the behaviors were already dysfunctional because they were learned that way. And so CBT is a way to um, examine those thoughts and behaviors and learn ways to change them. So um, what it usually looks like is um, working with a client to help them be aware or recognize um, the the faulty way of their thoughts or the irrational way that they're thinking, helping them to, um, again, raise awareness because once you're aware of something, then you can look to try and change it. Um, in the same way, you're also l- looking at trying to get a better understanding of, um, better understanding of the behaviors of people and, um, what motivates them to continue in those behavior patterns or um, dysfunctional behavior patterns. And then looking at using problem-solving skills to um, help improve, again, the way someone thinks and the way someone behaves. Um, So there are, let me see, I need to count these. One, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five different major irrational thinking patterns that I wanted to go over. These are like the most commonly found irrational thoughts. So if you do any of these, um, and you may not do all of them, you may only do, do one, but I think most people in general, um, do some, some of these. Um, and so if you do and you find that it is um, leading to poor behavior choices or um, that you're having anxiety or depression because of it or maybe you're having lingering symptoms of depression or anxiety because of the way you're thinking about things or because of behaviors that you're doing, you might want to go and find a CBT therapist. Okay, so let's let's look at this. Let's, let's talk about this. So the first one is called overgeneralizing. So what does that mean? So overgeneralizing is thinking that when a certain experience happens, then that experience generalizes or fits every other single experience that is even remotely close to what you just experienced. So let's see if I can think of an example. Um, So maybe, ah, here we go. So maybe you are an athlete and uh, you were going into spring, so maybe you you run track and you're a hurdler. Um, And hurdles, um, speaking from experience, are are difficult because if you don't jump high enough, then you kick them over and you can very easily trip yourself or trip another um, runner, another 
um, competitor. So let's, for example, think of maybe you had a really, um, a really bad experience where you tripped and fell during your race um, by tripping over the hurdle. So overgeneralizing would be, well, now that I had that experience, I am always going to hit or kick over that hurdle and trip myself during, during that race. So that's what overgeneral generalization means. Um, and of course it, it is not just for athletic events. It can happen with all kinds of different things. That's just one example. Um, so that's the first one. The next one is called black or white or all or nothing thinking. Um, so that is pretty self-explanatory. Um, it basically is when you use, or if you catch yourself using absolute terms, what are absolute terms? Um, most common are never and ever or always. Um, those are absolute terms. And if you actually stop and think for a second, um, those are actually irrational because somebody, even probably yourself, can come up with examples that kind of dispute that that always or that never. So it's kind of like, let me see if I could give you an example of all or nothing thinking. Um, let's see. Um, it's when you don't, you can't see alternatives because it has to be one way or the other. Um, kind of when you, maybe you think um, that solving a, a problem, the way that you solved a problem worked one time. Um, because of whatever the situation was. So now you think that any any time a similar problem comes up, that the only way to solve it is by doing the exact same thing without taking into account other people's um, ideas or maybe their um, solutions, possible solutions to the problem. That's what all or nothing thinking is. It's, well, no, um, I figured this out um, you know, a while ago and this is the way we do it and there's, you know, no room for, you know, anything else. That's all or nothing thinking. Um, and again, there's, there's probably many other examples, um, but that's just what came to my head this time. Um, okay. The next one is called personalization. Um, so I actually see this, um, a lot in my practice when people take things on as a reflection or like something that somebody says or does and they take it on as they meant that that person did that or said that purposefully to um because it's something about me like I did something wrong or they don't like me or um I mean, kind of any of those, those above are actually good examples. It's where you take on something and internalize it as there is something about you that made a person upset or um, angry or whatever. Um, Very common when you get into codependency. We talked about codependency in um, the relationship series. So the codependent, um, the codependent couple, there's a lot of personalization that goes on there. You know, it's like, oh, I came home to my partner and um, my partner is angry. Um, I don't, maybe you don't even know why they're angry, but it must have been something that I did. And so now I'm angry or I'm upset and sad too. Yeah, so that's personalization. Whereas in reality, 
the partner may just be angry because they had a bad day at work that has absolutely nothing to do with the other partner. So there you go. That's a good example of personalization. Okay, the next kind of irrational thought is should statements. I also see this a whole lot in my practice. Should statements is when you put unreasonable, uh, say that, can't say that today, Monday morning. They, uh, when a person puts unreasonable demands and pressure on themselves, um, which leads to inappropriate guilt or feeling like a failure or can't ever measure up, can't do enough, not good enough, all of that. Should statements. Well, I should have known better. There you go. That was mine. Um, remember, let's see, the episode where I talked about doing my own work in EMDR where the um, where um, my client brought in the knife and the whole hiccup thing. Um, if you did not listen to that, go back and find that episode and listen to it. I think it's, um, I think I talked about it just last episode. So it's the episode about EMDR. Um, so, yeah, my, my negative, irrational belief was I should have known better. You know, I'm a, I'm a um, mature, mature, that's not the right word. Um, I, I am mature, but that's not what I was going. I'm a veteran therapist. A veteran? Man, I can't think of the right word that goes with that. Just meaning that I've been doing this for a long, long time. Um, and so the thought that was in my, I should have known better. Okay, irrational, totally irrational. I, how was I supposed to know he was going to do some kind of weird joke thing um, that ended up scaring me, trying to make my hiccups go away? Um, so there you go, should statements. That's just, again, one example. But we do that all the time. I hear it all the time in practice. I hear it in day-to-day, you know, like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. Um, a lot of I should have known betters. Um, so I know I'm not the only one. But, Yeah. So there's should statements. And then the last one, the last irrational thought is called catastrophizing. So catastrophizing is, it sounds like a big word, but it basically is when a person assumes that the worst possible thing will happen. Um, like you're always in a worst case scenario, um, uh, even to the point of maybe exaggerating the difficulties that you're facing. So catastrophizing, um, let's see, catastrophizing would be, okay, here we go. So, um, I got, let's see, pretend that I got a, um, bad grade on a test. Well, the catastrophizing would be like, um, oh no, now I'm going to fail the course. And if I fail the course, I'm going to, um, lose financial aid or I'm going to lose my scholarship or I'm going to get kicked out of school that see it kind of catastrophizing think of somebody who kind of something bad might happen and it's it's think a snowball effect that's exactly what wow that's twice (laughs) catastrophizing that's exactly what catastrophizing is it is snowball effect when something bad happens you immediately go into um you know building on it and building on it worst case scenario So yeah, if you notice that you are suffering with any of those kinds of thought patterns, um, it may be time to go talk to a therapist. So basically, what tends to happen in the whole um, realm of CBT is you have these thought patterns that are irrational, um, but 
they, in turn, because you have these thoughts, they, in turn, are going to affect your behaviors. So we'll go back to the, the athlete who tripped over a hurdle. So now, all of a sudden, they think, okay, I'm going to always trip over the hurdle. So now their behavior is maybe being more timid, like not attacking the hurdles when you're going to jump over them, maybe being more timid, maybe slowing down their pace or, um, you know, how, you know, how fast they're running during the meet. Maybe it even gets to where they feel like they need to quit hurdles, quit the event. That's the behavior change that happened from that irrational thinking pattern. Um, so that's just one example. Um, you know, oh, there's oh, there's so many different kinds of irrational thoughts. Um, somebody goes to, well, I can't deal with this. That's an irrational thought. Um, maybe all or nothing, like I can't handle it, all or nothing thinking. Um, and so since I can't cope, I'm going to choose to uh, drink alcohol or, you know, get high or something like that. So there's the behavior change. So now what the therapy does, of course, is it looks at targeting these irrational thoughts, changing them so that they are more rational, and then in, in doing so, hopefully, we'll change the behavior. So working with somebody, I love the athlete um, example this time. So the athlete who kicks over the hurdles and, you know, starts to think, well, I can't do this, uh, I'm not good enough, whatever the irrational thought is, you work with them to say, well, look, you had one bad hurdle. It wasn't even the whole, the whole race. It was one bad hurdle. So let's look at how you would essentially argue with yourself about that. That's essentially what you're doing. You're arguing with yourself. So I'm not good enough because I knocked over a hurdle. Um, but you were good enough to jump over all of the rest of the hurdles, which I believe there's like 10, if, I, if I'm correct. I think there's 10 hurdles. So you did it correctly 9 out of 10 times. Hmm, 90%. That's pretty good. Um, so that's called refuting an irrational belief. So then, okay, well, maybe it helps build that athlete's confidence back up. And maybe they go back and start practicing more or they work with their coach to get the timing down better. Those are there. There's your adaptive behavior change once the irrational thought is challenged. And that is true of all of the irrational thoughts. And, and um, even though I, I've said my, my bread and butter is EMDR, we are, there is definitely an element of CBT in EMDR because we are constantly looking at what is the negative, what is the irrational thought that goes with whatever happened, and how would you want to change that to a more adaptive way of looking at it. So it's constantly, it, it feels like you are arguing with yourself when you are working on or learning how to um, think more rationally about whatever the situation is, that's that's exactly what it, it feels like or what it seems like because you're having some kind of irrational thought and then, nope, wait a minute. Um, this is the evidence I have to show that that's irrational. 
and it kind of goes from there. So, um, and then, like I said, as you challenge those thoughts and, and start thinking better, thinking in a more adaptive way, then your behavior is going to start to change. The other way is kind of, um, the opposite, but can still work is maybe you start working with behavior first. So once you actually, okay, so let's see if I could think of an example for working with the behavior first. Um, maybe it's, we'll say study time. So maybe you, um, maybe you did fail a test or, or not do as well as you wanted to. Um, so maybe the behavior change is, um, I'm going to use good time management. I'm going to study more. Um, I'm going to block like an extra hour every night to study for this subject to help pull my grade up. So that's the behavior change is the, the time management, the, the spending more time on studying. And so when you force yourself to do that, changing the behavior, maybe hopefully you get a better grade on the next test. And so it kind of helps, um, prevent the irrational thought of I can't do this or I'm stupid or whatever. Um, because again, you're, you're putting in the work to change that behavior, which leads to, especially when you have successful behavior change, um, leads to, um, a more adaptive way of thinking about things. So there you go. That is CBT. Um, I know when I was in school, um, this is before I learned EMDR, CBT was my go-to, um, uh, go-to kind of therapy again, before I learned EMDR. Um, and EMDR definitely has a component of the, of CBT therapy. That's probably why I like it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of fits, fits with, um, how I like to do therapy. Um, and I, maybe I like to argue, I don't know. Um, because essentially that's what you're doing with yourself. Like I said, you, you're recognizing the irrational belief and arguing with yourself. Um, so again, if you notice that you're having issues with these kinds of irrational thoughts, then go find a therapist who does CBT and get to work. And I'm sure that once you start arguing with yourself in your head to change these thoughts, you're going to see improvement. Um, because it's, again, it's shown to be very effective. Um, and so I was going to say one other thing about CBT. Um, and I think it just went out of my head because I just got a tickle in my throat in the beginning. This is what I wanted to say. I remember in the beginning, it's hard because you're so used to being in the pattern of maladapted maladaptive thinking that that's why it becomes a pattern so it's easy to say I'm so stupid when you make a mistake and I have heard that so many times I have probably said it about myself I'm sure I have in my lifetime but now I try not to I try not to um because I know that that is irrational and and negative self-talk and not good for your self-esteem so Instead of I'm stupid, it's no, look at, look at all of the evidence I have to prove that I'm not stupid and I'm human. I make mistakes. So instead of I'm stupid, it's I'm human and it's okay to make mistakes. There you go. That's, um, refuting 
an irrational belief or irrational thought. Um, so, you know, find a therapist, work with a therapist. I recommend in the beginning writing it down. I've had people do essentially it looks like a pros and cons column where on one side it's the irrational thought and then a line down the middle and then on the other side it is the um the refute the to that thought the adaptive way of thinking about it instead of the maladaptive so there you go that is cbt so yes Get out there, find your CBT therapist, um, and do good work. And I want to thank you so much for joining me again. Um, hopefully, next time, um, there still won't be any current events that I, that I feel like I have to tackle. Um, but like I said, this is this is the therapy series. I don't even know which which kind of therapy I'm going to talk about next time. I don't have that planned, but I have time. I have time to to get that done. So I wish you all. I wish you all to have a great week and yeah, nothing but good things. Thank you for joining me.